Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, room and think. I'm Andrew Davidson, SVP and Chief Insights Officer for Compare Media, based in New York. And today, we're going to be talking about the impact of Facebook's changes to its ad targeting and what that means for both advertisers and for consumers. This episode was recorded about three weeks ago, before the US Federal Trade Commission approved a fine of roughly $5 billion to punish Facebook for mishandling users' personal information. While the fine would be the biggest fine levied on a tech company by the federal government, critics say that the agency did not go far enough by not mandating more structural reforms. Despite this, investors shrugged off concerns with Facebook's share price reaching its highest price in nearly a year shortly after the announcement and ahead of its Q2 earnings call. So if we don't reference any of this in the episode, it's simply because it hadn't happened yet. Now, without further ado, let's hear it from the experts. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined today by Laura Zima and Jeanette Ornelas in Chicago, uh, as well as Rebecca, Rebecca McGrath in London. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Great to Hi. be here. Um, so great. Well, thanks for joining. I think we've got some, some great expertise here. So let's, let's please, if you could, let's start off. If you could introduce yourself. So just tell me your name, uh, how long you've been at Mintel, you know, how long have you been tracking your um, respective areas of expertise? Absolutely. Hi, my name is Laura Ziemer. I'm Director of Insights with the Compromedia Omni team here in Chicago. I've been at Mintel for about a year, but I've been uh, working in brand strategy and audience targeting strategies for the last 12 years. And hi, I'm Jeanette Ornelas. Um, I'm a senior digital analyst on the Compromedia Omni team. Um, and I've been at Mintel for about four years, three of those years uh, on the reports team. And I've been kind of focusing on the social media um, industry in particular for the last uh, almost six years. And hi, I'm Rebecca McGrath. Uh, I'm Mintel's senior um, media analyst on the UK reports teams. And I've been here about six years now. Uh, sort of specialized really in media for the last five years or so. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you all for joining the pod. Um, so Facebook and specifically, let's not talk, let's talk about targeting on Facebook. You know, I mean, in terms of sort of setting the stage, you know, in terms of Facebook advertising, how, I mean, how important is Facebook to advertisers in 2019? Um, well, we know that, um, I mean, digital advertising in general, advertisers in the U.S. are expected to spend more than $129 billion in 2019, and Facebook in particular made up last year about 22% of digital ad spend, and they're on track to pretty much keep that up this year. Um, I mean, Facebook and Google are kind of the, the behemoths here in terms of digital ad spend with accounting about 60% of the digital ad industry. So it's difficult to ignore Facebook just because, you know, there's so much money is being spent there. They account for a, a good chunk of the digital ad spend, and it's only been growing in the last few years. Um, and even despite a full year of conflict for both companies in terms of, um, you know, being called before Congress and risk of regulation in the U.S. in particular and abroad, um, their ad businesses really aren't suffering um, despite what we're, what we're seeing. And I, I saw, I mean, I think in the uh, Facebook's Q1 earnings, 15 billion in revenue, which is, you know, mostly comes from advertising. Um, so huge and, and monthly active users still growing, 2.37 billion globally. Uh, so, you know, 
huge right huge this is i mean definitely the story with facebook is you know as much as anyone wants to sort of talk about negative um stories yeah, they're still by far the uh, biggest social media platform and certainly you know the duopoly of with uh, google in the advertising market you know you know they're just they they are massive so it's, it's safe to say that facebook has become a priority for advertisers yeah i mean they go where the people are. I mean, the, the story for a while now has been their declining user base and in particular how the platform users are aging. Um, but at this point, they still account for a, the most users overall across social media platforms. So until that changes, we don't expect advertisers are going to be flocking away. Um, yes, yes. Knowing that there's a big base they can reach. So, okay. We, so we, today we're going to talk about targeting on Facebook. And, you know, earlier this year, you know, actually, after Facebook had settled five discrimination lawsuits, we saw the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban, uh, Urban Development announce that it was going to charge Facebook with housing discrimination re with regards to its targeting practices. And I, I actually, I'll quote actually as an article from the Washington Post, um, just to quote it to sort of set the stage here, is that HUD, you know, the Housing and Urban Development Department, claimed that Facebook's Mines uses extensive personal data and uses characteristics protected by law, race, color, national origin, religion, family status, sex and disability to determine who can view housing ads, even when it's not the advertiser's intent. You know, of course, you know, Facebook has, has responded. They've done a lot to try to work to, um, to deal with this. They've taken significant steps to prevent ad discrimination, according to uh, a spokesperson from Facebook. So, you know, where are we now? What is the current status of Facebook ad targeting? And, you know, how do we get here? Yeah, absolutely. So there have been, you know, we've seen a lot of shifts this year, in, in particular, Andrew, with what you reference uh, to HUD. So, in short, uh, what we know has changed from that is Facebook removed um, age gender and all zip code targeting for any ads related to housing, employment, or anything related to credit as a part of this settlement. So what that means now in terms of any geo-targeting, you need to have a minimum of a 15 mile radius. Um, Facebook had previously removed what it called um, any sort of ethnic affinity targeting. And in addition, um, there are new restrictions related to the lookalike tool, which is something that advertisers could use to say, um, find consumers who look like this target that I'm trying to reach. So there have also been restrictions there related to age, religion, and any groups that could indicate that sort of um, affinity. So as we know, um, you know, Jeanette um, and Rebecca had mentioned, it's still, this is the place where a lot of consumers are. They spend a lot of their time. The revenue is there. So I think advertisers are now in the position where they say, I want to make sure that my ads are relevant, but I also want to make sure that I'm being um, compliant with all um, privacy restrictions and maybe not solely relying on um, Facebook's latest targeting, but taking more into my own hands as a marketer and making sure that I'm in control um, of my data. So that's sort of the position we find ourselves in. We know consumers uh, want to see ads that are relevant to them and they're more likely to engage if that ad is relevant. But how do you do that in, a fa in, the, in the face of when you need to 
balance these privacy restrictions as well. Think about when you're on Facebook or Instagram, if you close out an ad, one of the options for why you X that out is it's not relevant to me. So marketers are in an interesting conundrum of uh, finding the balance between personalization and privacy on Facebook. So, so can, can Facebook still be as relevant to advertisers you know, particularly if they're going after things like credit and uh, some of these areas that we've been looked at? Well, I think uh, what's important to remember that is the wider context of all of this. It's not just going to be Facebook that's um, being challenged with uh, the issue of of targeting and how much targeting these um, platforms can do. And Facebook is usually the first to encounter these issues because they are the largest uh, player in this market, but any other platform's gonna face the same issue. So you know, advertisers um, are gonna have to you know, deal with it on any platform that they go to. I assume you're talking about Google for the most part. Yes, Google <laughs> at this point and Amazon as well, or just anywhere else um, advertisers might want to go. Yes. I mean, so, so, so what's been the reaction so far for, from advertisers? I mean, I think, I mean, advertisers, anytime that their abilities are limited, they're going to have not the, you know, a negative reaction at first. And, and you're going to have to kind of reevaluate what your strategy is and, you know, what some of the testing you can do is to kind of optimize and, and adapt to the changes in regulation. But um, kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword too, because even though we see advertisers, marketers pushing for these companies to really be more transparent in terms of their data privacy and all those issues that come with it, they also want more information. They want that consumer data. So it's kind of like, what's the balance between pushing Facebook and Google to be, you know, meeting the the standards required and then also the need for advertisers to understand the audiences and have that data. Um, I I think it's a bit of, yes, we want to do better, but also we really want this data. So it's it's kind of mixed reactions. We did see in terms of, in terms of actual spend among uh, top financial services firms in the United States that initially following the, the HUD announcement in March, there was a small retraction in spend. So a decrease of on average about 50%, but we're seeing now as some time has passed that the spend is normalized, returned to about where we expected it to be. And so exactly as Jeanette said, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, people just taking a breath saying, what are our new strategies and approaches going to be? How do we test and learn within this new framework to ensure that we're abiding by everything? Um, we are seeing that a lot of um, advertisers are moving into new creative strategies that may be a little bit more mid-funnel and top-of-funnel, where previously we had seen more activity bottom-of-funnel with specific rates for specific groups of people. So it's almost like advertisers just had to take a strategic pause to sort of take stock of really what the changes were before they then sort of carried on again. Um, But it also sounds like there is a bit more of 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 a... tactical shift there, um, Laura, so in terms of what you're saying. Yes, so we've seen, uh, what we've seen so far has been very interesting and very creative. So a lot of what I'll refer to as more choose your own adventure ads for consumers. So where they're showing more of a product suite and saying, you know, one of one of these products is right for you. Tell us what you think instead of aligning a specific product with a specific um, consumer. So finding a way to um, engage in more storytelling and more um, content-based ads where, um, 
you know, they're, they're talking to consumers about things like here, you know, here are 10 things to do as you're thinking about buying your next home. And so really starting to engage with them, um, you know, at that top level and then encouraging them to go deeper on their own instead of immediately diving to that specific ad about, you know, um, mortgages that would be aligned to their zip code or something like that, which is, is not an option anymore. Interesting. I, 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 fascinating, really. I mean, and I think, you know, so Laura, Rebecca, you're over there in London, you know, what's been the sort of perspective um, from, from across the channel in terms of how this is playing out um, globally? Well, it's uh, interesting because in the EU right now, so we're um, sort of coming on, well, we've just passed the one year anniversary of the introduction of GDPR, which um, is EU regulation sort of about consumers taking back control over their own data and uh, giving consent um, for the use of their data uh, online. And obviously this is like, this is a huge shift for anything to do with uh, targeted advertising. And certainly the kinks are still being worked out. Uh, there's, there's certainly issues with GDPR. Anyone that has to encounter it on a daily basis knows that uh, consent fatigue is definitely a, a real issue. Um, so we're sort of, you know, and as with the major companies sort of right now, we, I think we've seen a bit of a grace period with regulators in terms of not imposing too big a fines on these uh, sort of major players that um, they'll probably sort of uh, introduce more major fines and major restrictions going forward. Uh, so that's, I mean, that is, you know, being sort of the dominant um, story over here and that, you know, clearly restricts what Facebook. Um, have we seen some fines? Do. Have we seen fines? We have. Yeah, we have seen fines. Uh, not necessarily on the scale yet, where um, it's going to impact majorly Google and Facebook. But there's sort of there are rumours of Facebook, you know, encountering a, a sort of a, you know a much more massive uh, GDPR fine, um, and the potential as well to restrict what data they can use, which is you know arguably a bigger threat to the likes of Facebook and Google. Um, so that's sort of you know we're in the context now. I think in Europe in particular, where, uh, you know, we're kind of having to move towards a sort of environment of giving consent and consumer knowledge of exactly why adverts being targeted to them, uh, how data is allowed to be used, how they're allowed to be tracked is, is you know, certainly uh, the big thing and the, the sort of the main issue that consumers are really concerned with about their data, even above issues about being targeted on demographic factors. People are really obsessed about the idea of being tracked uh, and uh, advertised to on those grounds. So obviously that changes how any platform is advertising to consumers right now. Mm. So what should, uh, what should brands be doing? It's a very good question. I think something um, a lot of people are asking themselves right now. So I think brands need to take ownership of their own targeting. So a lot of these platforms, um, one of the things that they've touted is that they have a lot of targeting capabilities that can help them get to these specific pockets or groups that um, you know brands couldn't reach on their own. And there are a lot of advances in predictive modeling, addressable targeting that um, with in-house analytics teams, um, marketers can really own their targeting strategy and ensure that they're reaching the right people, but doing so in the ways that um, don't violate any privacy policies. In addition, one thing that uh, Facebook does allow you to do that we've seen a lot um, in financial services recently is you can load your 
your own uh, data, so your, any first-party data you have, and use it as a way to uh, further customer lifetime value. So we've seen a lot of cards products in particular uh, running ads that feature different membership benefits, different refer-a-friend opportunities, things of that nature. So in this way, you're connecting with your cardholders, deepening that relationship, showing them that you're there for them, and then in a way, not only just building up that individual cardholder's value, but building up referral opportunities as well, which we know to be very strong. So where, so where, is, so where is all this heading? Um, I mean, there's a lot um, happening both on the you know, Facebook, Google side, and, and then some of the largest advertisers really kind of teaming up to say we want to do better. We want to do something about it. Um, Cans has been going on this week, um, and it was announced that some of the largest companies in the industry have teamed up to announce what they're calling a new alliance for responsible content. Um, so basically 16 of the world's largest advertisers along with ad agencies and tech platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Google um, are working to create standards for what's considered appropriate content and expectations of how they'll prevent offensive and inappropriate content from surfacing. So I mean, they're basically saying, you know, we're pushing for better content. We're pushing for better um you know, regulation and, and we're all coming together to kind of do something about it. It's not just talking about it anymore. Um, it, it looks like, you know, they're really starting to commit to um, coming together to really see a change and make an impact in terms of, of what the future looks like for um, what they call responsible content. And I think it's important to remember that on the consumer side as well, that consumers, they have a vested interest in getting the best advertising possible. Um, and, you know, they know that you're going to see adverts. We, we accept this and you want an advert to be actually helpful to you. And sort of our consumer data showed that people uh, express quite a lot of willingness to give input into the kind of adverts that are targeted, targeted to them, you know, to actually give some personal insight and involvement uh, rather than just being sort of a bunch of demographic factors. Uh, so I think, you know, this could, you know, this exciting new avenue of allowing uh, consumers to sort of give their, give their say, obviously, that had been a, you know, you can't ask too much from consumers, there's only so, so much time they're willing to spend on this. But I think, you know, it's important to remember that um, we do, we do want to make sure we're being shown something that's actually helpful. And we do seem to be willing to sort of maybe give some information away to do that yeah i mean from a consumer perspective you know you, you want to have ads that are relevant right but people mm -hmm. people still seem to enjoy ads as long as they're they're relevant and they're about things that they're interested and engaged in which is what facebook is so good at and that's why it's such a um such a popular platform people you know the more input they have in it the more amenable they're going to be towards advertising because they won't feel you know like they're being invaded um by sort of uh, these very targeted ads that they can make them uncomfortable you know yeah and going off of your points Rebecca I mean at, in this day and age like brands are competing for time and attention and what we're really seeing to your point is that consumers don't want to just absorb content they want content that's good that's relevant that delivers um, on on what they're really seeking out and so if, you know the standards for what we consider great content or great story storytelling aren't even necessarily industry agnostic to earn this time and attention content really has to mean something because it has to compete with the rest of consumers lives everything else they're seeing in their feed um, and so you know it, it, it's hard because it's never been easier to reach these people but it's never been harder to really resonate and really you know break through the 
noise um, and, and get their time and attention. So it's an interesting time, no doubt. So, uh, so let me ask you this, is the onus on the advertiser or is the onus on Facebook to get this right? I think it's both. I mean, I think you have to work together. You have to, I mean, for Facebook, it's, they've, they've really, in the last year in particular, been pushing this whole idea of, of being focused and prioritizing building what they call meaningful communities. So they're basically taking a step back and saying, we started Facebook, you know, as a way to connect with people, as a way to build community. And, you know, obviously, as advertising started on the platform, you know, there's, you can easily pivot from that um, as the influx of money comes in. But they're, you know they've been pushing their Facebook groups now. They're 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 running that campaign right now. Um, really pushing for those communities that are thriving. There are many Facebook group communities in particular thriving on the platform. So I think it's just to reevaluating. You know where you're reaching people. It, it's not just in the feed. It's not just you know in stories, which on Facebook in particular haven't done so well. Um, but it, it's how can you really uh, engage in a meaningful way with with people that are essentially opting into niche communities of interest that they are saying, I'm interested in this. I want to know more about this. Um, and even organically, there's brands that have done well. Um, so I, I think the push for Facebook and, and how they're kind of pushing advertisers is, you know, to be more strategic in terms of understanding who their audience is and how they can reach them. So I think there's also just more of an emphasis on that primary data and those owned audiences and what you know about them. Um, and then taking that to mean, okay, based on what we know about these people, how can we reach, you know, the people we're not already reaching um, or who don't already follow us or know about us. Um, so I think it's really just pushing them to be more creative and, and to test more and evaluate more. And they're not making it easy on advertisers, um, but it's the, the sake of too, you don't want to desensitize people to the point where everything's so irrelevant in their feed that nothing really right. engages so it loses them. it loses its advantage and and you know to the points you've all made today and you know we've seen th these these issues regarding privacy regarding regarding the you know um targeting surface over the last sort of 12 18 months you know, they keep seem to be popping up but yet on the other hand you know facebook's revenue continues to grow so it seems, to, and it's all revenue, most for the most part, driven by advertising. So it seems that regardless, we're going to see this type of growth. Is that something you would all agree with that, that, that we're, all, we're going to continue to see ad spend on Facebook grow? Or do you think there will be more challenges ahead? Yeah, I think, I, Andrew, I think we will, there will certainly be challenges ahead, but I think we'll continue to see it grow because of how quickly both Facebook and advertisers have responded in the face of some of these project problems. So especially as, as we consider things like Instagram stories and some of the things with, um, you know, the ephemeral marketing where it's just there for an instant, we see people engaging a lot with that. They're continuing to advance uh, what's available on the platform. And the quick response to me says that, you know, I certainly think we can expect that there will be more challenges, um, but I uh, expect that we'll see Facebook and advertisers respond in suit. I think it's important with, you always remember with consumers, while they care about privacy and these issues, uh, certainly, and they're very worried about how their data um, might be being misused, but they also, you know, want to enjoy their online lives. And if you're providing them a product and a service that they enjoy, they will go there. Um, and then it's up to sort of a large part of the regulators to make sure these consumers are being protected. So, you know, consumers will still be going 
to Facebook if Facebook is providing the service they want. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I said, then it, then it comes up to Facebook and the regulators to make sure that those consumers are protected. Which is, so it seems to say that, you know, better for consumers and therefore ultimately better for advertisers. Yeah, I mean, you know, ad advertisers are going to go where the consumers are. And if Facebook is providing or, you know, all of their offshoots are providing uh, this, an enjoyable service, consumers will probably still go there, even if they're, you know, as we've seen, even despite all these scandals, um, people haven't turned away from Facebook. And if they are, it isn't probably because of these scandals, it's because they've gone elsewhere. Um, so, you know, I don't think as yet we've seen these scandals are going to sort of be the thing that, that sort of kills off services or anything. Uh, so which is why it has to be up to, to other, other players to, to make sure that they're not um, uh, sort of misusing data. Yeah, going off of that, I mean, and to Laura's point earlier too on Instagram and Instagram stories in particular and that growth, I mean, there's a reason Instagram has been doing so well. And even for Facebook in particular, a lot of their ad spend growth has been because of Instagram and in Instagram stories in particular has really been taking off. Um, and they're, they're, they're right now catering to content discovery and influencer advertising for a reason. They're seeing what people are engaging with and basically acting on that. Um, and, you know, as that continues to evolve and grow, they're really emphasizing this idea that um, you can, you know, promote content that's put out by other people about your brand. So it's no longer even you promoting your own content. You can promote someone else talking about your brand, um, which has been an option on Facebook for a while now, but is new for Instagram. Um, and then we can't rule out some of the players that are coming in. I mean, TikTok in particular has been getting attention in recent months. I mean, uh, they've hit over a billion downloads as of, I think, February, and um, nearly a million came from the U.S. Um, and right now at Cannes, you know, they're, they're really starting to talk about how their focus had been on building the community. And now that they have this community, they're definitely going to be moving into um, more advertising capabilities. So that's something to look out for too, is how will TikTok disrupt where some of that ad spend starts to go? Um, and will some of that be, you know, moved from Facebook and, and platforms like it to say TikTok, particularly if you're trying to reach young people, Gen Z. Um, I think there's a lot um, in the mix happening and, and, a lot to be seen in the future in terms of how some of this fluctuates. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, TikTok's a, an exciting one. So it's because if we think about it, the, the sort of social media world has actually been fairly static mm -hmm. in terms of major new players coming into the market. You know, you keep hearing there'll be someone new and they'll disrupt the market. But really since Snapchat, no one, no one has had a major impact and Facebook owns a lot of these, these players anyway. Uh, so, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what the next major player will be and whether it could be TikTok. Absolutely. Well, we've got, um, I did sort of register that Facebook's next earnings call is July 25th. Be interesting to um, see, um, you know, whether there has been any further impact um, based on our discussion today. I, I can imagine that we'll continue to see ongoing growth. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's been a great discussion. It's going to be an ongoing discussion, an ongoing uh, uh, topic that we're going to be monitoring here at Mintel. I'd like to thank Laura, uh, Jeanette and Rebecca for a great conversation. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review this podcast on iTunes or any other platform you get your podcast from. We just launched, so spread the word and catch you next week for a new episode of Little Conversation. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are and what we do, 
head to mintel.com and follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts. Thank you. Thank you.